Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views, and it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens when a mainstream view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view? <laughs> Something epic. This is Paratroop Radio. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And this is Paratooth Radio. Today we have another rabbit trail. We had a couple other things lined up, but it didn't quite work out. So that's okay. Welcome to week two of our Halloween festivities. Yeah. So today we decided that we're going to, you know, last minute, talk about superstitions, good luck, bad luck. Things like that. Uh, that was pretty interesting because, you know, especially around this time of year, uh, we become more aware of superstitions. We, we become more aware of the good luck, bad luck thing. We've got the whole idea of like trick or treating, uh, black cats crossing, black dogs crossing, uh, you know, different things with what you should do. You know, in in regard to your candy, should you have a light on? Should you not have a light on? Should you put candy out? Should you not? You know, all this stuff just becomes more frequently uh, minded by individuals during this time of year for some reason. And it's, I'm sure it has a lot to do with Halloween and just the superstitions that come with it. Uh, but nonetheless, I think today would be a good time to just kind of go through some of this and, and learn for ourselves as well. Because, I mean... Justin, I know you're in the same boat, but like growing up, superstition played a huge role uh, on my childhood and currently still does into my adulthood. But it was something that, uh, you know, my siblings, uh, myself and my family just all believed in growing up and growing up in Northeast Ohio, Cleveland specifically, you know, the idea of superstition and curses is really popular up here. Mm. So I, I mean, I guess before we really get into it, like, where do you come off on this whole idea of good luck, bad luck, or superstition? Um, I'm a firm believer that you make your your own luck. Uh, but I, I've never had a black cat crat, excuse me, black cat cross my path, or walked under a ladder, and then all of a sudden bad things are happening to me. Um, right and like though one of the most common ones when we were growing up as a kid you know if you step on the crack you'll break your mother's back or you'll break your back or whatever the person said um again i've stepped on hundreds of cracks my mom's back isn't broken my back's not broken um so yeah i i honestly I'm a firm believer that you do make your own luck. Now, with that being said, there are plenty of people that don't believe that. Right. Yeah, I, I recall the uh, the stepping on the cracks one was a really big one when I was younger, and I, that I think that played a lot into uh, you know my my obsessive compulsive disorder. I mean, that, that was back before I knew I had it. 
but it was one of those things walking all the way from school to home, uh, which is easily, I don't know, it's probably like a mile and a half or something like that. I would not step on a single crack the entire way. I'd just stare at the <laughs> ground and make sure I didn't do it. Uh, and if I did, I'd have to backtrack and redo it, uh, make sure I didn't step on it. But, uh, you know, let, let, here, let me, let me just define luck and bad luck real quick for everybody, because luck is the phenomenon uh, and belief that defines the experience of improbable events, especially improbable, positive or negative ones. Um, bad luck is very similar, uh, but it's basically used to uh, express like sympathy or commiserations. Uh, it's a way to, you know, if, if you're having a day where you're feeling depressed or things aren't going your way, uh, the car breaks down. Many people will consider that, you know, some sort of expression of bad luck, uh, which isn't necessarily the case. It just happens to be everyday life. Um, on top of that, I also want to just define superstition because superstition plays a lot into luck. Uh, and so a superstition is really any belief or practice considered by non-practitioners to be irrational or supernatural attributed to fate or magic perceived supernatural influence or fear of that, which is unknown. Um, and I think that really just sums it up. So yeah, it was a good show. Everybody take care. And we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Um, we've named some of them, but, um, what, what are some of the common ones that you think of when you think of causing bad luck? Causing bad luck. Probably the, the most popular one for me is just the, the breaking of a mirror, right? So we've all heard if you break a mirror, that's seven years bad luck, which seems a little crazy for breaking a mirror. Um, but you know, I, I think that's really big ones walking under ladders, was a big, still one that I don't like doing, um, though that's become a lot easier as of late, especially since my job sometimes entails stepping under an open ladder. <laughs> um, and then, you know, some other ones is like, uh, was it like for me, it's like, it's superstition. So having to do something a certain way, uh, so repetition, I have like a, a, and nowadays I have kind of a repetition, repetition. Repet, jeez, Louise! <laughs> you can't even say it. <laughs> I can't. I really can't. Um, I'm very repetitive in things that I do, so I have to wake up and do a certain, like, do my morning routine in a certain order. And if I don't, I feel like everything's wrong. It's just not going right. It has to be in order. Same with my routine after work or going to bed. Everything's done in a specific order. Um, and there'll be moments where I'll even start to do something else without doing the prior and I'll realize it and I have to stop, go back, do the prior first and then, you know, continue on. So that goes, I think, a lot into superstition because you, you know, I've been doing it for so long that if I change it, I'm like, oh God, there's a ripple that I just created in the universe. How, what's going to affect what, you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you know, that, that's, that's something for me anyway. Um, it, you, you brought up two things that kind of go into, uh, the paranormal. We've talked about it here on Paratruth radio mirrors, which is connected to many superstitions about the afterlife and people dying and, uh, you know, mm -hmm. covering mirrors when you're having a funeral so that the spirit doesn't stay uh, in the house. 
because the one of the beliefs is, is they'll see themselves in the mirror and not want to leave or that mirrors are portals. Um, so breaking that portal, you somehow have bad luck. Uh, the other one you brought up was walking under ladders. Now, mm-hmm. this isn't necessarily connected to that, but we recently did an episode last year about stairways that lead to other dimensions or stairs to hell or stairs to fairy folk land or whatever is supposed Mm -hmm. to happen with that. But there are other superstitions or or beliefs that kind of go with those two specifically. Right. Well, you know, and a lot of these superstitions, um, I mean, they stem stem back to practically the beginning of time. I mean, even when you're reading historical books, like some of the first historical books, they 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 talk about superstitions, um, and, you know, a number of different religious texts. You know, obviously, I'm going to re- reference the Bible here because that's the one I know best. Uh, but there's plenty of superstition within the scriptures having to do certain things a certain way, especially when it comes to worshiping God in the Old Testament. Uh, you know, here's another one that has always been like a big thing was don't open an umbrella inside a house. You took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to bring that one up. (laughs) Um, and now that's something that I was forced to have to get over because when you're working on a TV set or movie set and it's raining indoors, you got to open an umbrella. You're kind of stuck, you know, and it's all for the picture, but it's like, cool. Awesome. This is fantastic. Um, (laughs) you know, one thing that I, I did want to mention regarding mirrors, because this is something that we have discussed in the past a little bit, uh, but we always I, I don't understand what it is about the mirror, because we have to, you know, we always neglect, I should say, the fact that there are reflective surfaces everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and are those not mirrors of some sort? You know, I use my phone, um, you know, just the black uh, sapphire case or whatever it is nowadays on the iPhone, I'll just, it's highly reflective. I'll use it to like see something, you know, in my, on my eye or whatever hair, uh, even the camera, like our phone camera phones or phone cameras, our cameras on our phones. (laughs) Um, you know, when you turn those on and you face them towards you, it's a mirror all of a sudden. Does that, you know, how does that work? You know, and I know last week, or I think it was last week or the week prior, we were talking about uh, cameras. We were talking about cameras. Mm-hmm. It was um, the week prior because we were talking okay. to uh, Corinne. Corinne. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, so we were talking about cameras. And this is done on me now because nowadays there are mirrorless cameras. But in the past, there were mirrored cameras and still are mirrored cameras. But could, could that have some sort of effect on why there are more attachments on those cameras? Is it possible that people's souls are becoming trapped in the mirror within the camera? And that's kind of the heart of it. Don't know. But it's curious. It is. Yeah. Um, and maybe it just has to. I mean, yeah, today we have the the cameras and we can use them as mirrors. But back in the day, um you bring up a good point. Water was a reflective surface, especially if it was dark underneath. Mm-hmm. Um, it, well, e- there has been when... plenty of like, uh, you know, you know uh, spiritualists and 
with mm. uh, practitioners of witchcraft who would use water to cast spells or look into the future. You know, Scry, is, yeah. Yeah, you know. So, that, yeah, that is something. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just kind of threw that in there real quick. Sorry. Oh, no, that's fine. Um, it. I was just saying, like, water can have a reflective surface, even if it's not dark underneath. It just gets that reflection even a little bit more when it is. Um, mm. But uh, something I wanted to bring up, because we're, we're talking bad luck, um, I found this. This is from Tony Robbins' website, and he's talking about why do I have bad luck, meaning a person. Um, and he mentions in cases where you're ask, constantly asking yourself, why do I have bad luck with everything? Like, I don't have fulfillment in my job. Uh, my marriage is, is falling apart, whatever. Um, he says, you need to ask yourself the right questions. How do my own actions and beliefs affect my so-called luck? And what can I do differently to create the life I desire and deserve? Which is something you mentioned just now with OCD and and how you have to do it a certain way to not right. create the bad luck. Um, well, you know, and yes, and take this with a grain of salt coming from somebody like myself. But sometimes I think we create our own bad luck because we're so obsessed over the fact that we might have it. Um, according now this, this, what I'm about to read here comes from, uh, the Carnegie museum of natural history. Uh, and it's just a small paragraph, but I kind of think it helps sum this up a little bit. Uh, a study published in the international journal of psychology and behavioral sciences describes the possible origin of superstitions as a way of creating the perception of having control over outer conditions. This means that superstitions are used to create understanding and exert control over aspects of our lives that we may have little to no control over, like the weather. Additionally, in an interview with the British Psych Psychological Society, uh, psychologist Stuart Weiss explains there is evidence that performance in skills-based activities may be improved when, quote-unquote, luck-enhancing superstitions are employed. His statement suggests that superstitious behavior has a psychological benefit or reduction in anxiety for the individual. So, you know, we taught, we have talked about talismans over the last couple of years. Um, we actually did a whole episode on amulets and talismans. And even more so in the past two weeks, because you're looking for a new one. Right. Um, you know, and, and these are something, you know, it, it's like, so there are people who put a lot of belief or a lot of faith into these items. Uh, mm. and then there are people who don't, they just wear them and hope maybe they provide something. And, you know, I am one who likes to, uh, place faith in an item like that, which is ridiculous to, to just like, Oh, I, you know, I don't know. It's weird. Like <laughs> here's this inanimate object that probably really doesn't do anything, but, you know, I, I still, uh, I cleanse my, my amulets. I got two right now that I wear regularly, mostly regularly, uh, but I cleanse them with sage. I will do a, um, um, I don't know. I don't want to call it an enchantment or an incantation, but I will put, um, what's the word I'm looking for? 
can't think of the word, but basically I'll put energy into the item by holding it. It's a ritual. It. Well, it's a ritual. Yeah. But th there's another, there's, there's an actual term for it. Um, when, when you're placing a specific type of energy into an item. So in this case, if like you're holding, I don't know, say you have a coin that you take with you everywhere. It's like your good luck coin. Uh, one thing you might do is hold it and say, you are good luck. Whenever I have you, you will bring me good luck. You know, you are going to comfort me in this and that, things like that. It kind of empowers or enriches the item. And the idea is that when you put that energy into it, it'll store that energy for a limited amount of time before it has to be cleansed and then recharged. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, yeah, I do. I do that kind of stuff a lot, especially with with these amulets and talismans. Um, it's just like an extra precautionary thing. And it just gives me some sort of comfort, especially when I'm going out to do something I may not be comfortable doing. Well, you brought up two very interesting things uh, talking about talismans. Um, you said there's, there's those people that hope these things are going to happen or that people believe those are two totally different things. And the people that hope these things are going to happen are usually the ones that it doesn't happen and then they feel they have bad luck or uh it didn't work quote unquote um you in particular believe or or at least want to believe that this these things are protecting you are going to give you luck whatever it is you're using them for um so that that is the hugest part right there there's there's hope and there's belief the belief is going to be that empowering energy that says this thing is going to help you it may not do anything at all but if you have a good day and you believed that that piece of item is going to protect you or or give you good luck who's to say it didn't right well and that's you know that's what it all comes down to with these superstitions is you know you basically what you're doing is you're using a an item as kind of a totem to direct your mind uh you know you're allowing yourself to psychologically believe in something that you would otherwise not believe in and therefore giving you certain confidence or helping you make certain choices that you maybe normally wouldn't do or you at least see uh your day on the brighter side of things when you have something like uh, you know whatever an amulet on you um or lucky's rabbit's foot that was a really big one when i was a kid like my sisters and i always had lucky rabbit's foots on us um which is really kind of ironic because not so lucky for the rabbit right <laughs> that's but, i mean that's kind of the point <laughs> kind of messed up just thought about that like <laughs> so and now that we have years old and i just now that we have out. count Jasper, you need to stop carrying the lucky rabbit's foot because you killed Jasper. Yeah, poor Jasper. <laughs> um, I brought up Tony Robbins. Uh, he's got nine steps or, or or things you can do to get rid of bad luck. Um, Tony Robbins is, if you don't know who he is, is a motivational speaker. Uh, believes in positive thinking. Um. So number one, believe you control your your life. I already know, very hard for you because of the OCD. Number two, recognize your need for growth. Anybody can can understand that. 
change your story. Um, the, the example he gives for this is when you blame your problems on bad luck, you're telling yourself a story about your life that is disempowering. Change that. Uh, focus on success. Another one that's probably really hard for you, stop negative thought patterns. Oh, yes, that's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> See problems as gifts. Again, something very hard because I know you struggle with OCD, so how can you look at that as a gift? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, practice gratitude. Face your fears. And number nine, take massive action. And all all nine of those are straight off of Tony Robbins' website. I'm quoting him i'm not stealing his stuff those are exactly what those are off mm -hmm. of his website these are these are all i mean it's these are common uh things that a psychologist or a psychiatrist would try to uh, instill in somebody who was having uh negative thoughts or struggling with superstitions and whatnot um or just struggling in general um the idea is to change your perceptive uh perception or your perspective is what I mean. Change your perspective uh, as opposed to just dealing with whatever it is that's going on and bothering you. Um, and I think that's sometimes the hardest part. Like it's one thing to say to change your perspective. It's another to actually um, actively do that. You know, mm. uh, changing one's perspective can be very difficult, especially when for some people uh, a certain perspective might have been instilled in them from a young age, uh, it just, it doesn't come easy. It's not, it's not simple for everybody. Uh, but yeah, you know, that all those things I'm sure would work. Meditation obviously is a big one that we've talked about and we sh think everyone should do some sort of meditation, uh, even as little as five minutes. Uh, I forget who we'd spoken to. Uh, I think it was before at the beginning of the summer or maybe it was during the spring, but, uh, she was saying that she can never sit down and do like a 30 minute or hour long meditation. Uh, she'll maybe do 10 minutes and she does that while she's doing other things. She multitasks. So she doesn't just sit and close her eyes and try to meditate. Uh, meditation can, can, can be come in many forms. Um, and it's more so just trying to clear your mind and take a moment uh, to reset at the beginning of the day, the end of the day, or just when you need to. Uh, but yeah, so unless you have something to add to there, we should probably move on because now we're starting to drift. Well, that's this is a rabbit hole episode. That's I know it's a rabbit hole. Do. You know, <laughs> um, was that Shauna Stoker that had brought uh, that? Up? No, I mean, I don't, a, a, I don't a couple think people so. have told have kind of told us that over the past year, I believe. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm sure you're thinking of a specific person. Um, I'd probably know it if I went through our pod page and looked at who looked at all of them. we had at the beginning of the summer and you know, prior to that, but yeah. All right. So the, the other thing that I had kind of looked at, and I, I've thought about this for years, just because it's something that is kind of common with death is uh, crows being linked to death. Um, if you have seen the movie, the crow that kind of tells the tale of the belief right there. Um, but after reading this, it kind of puts, it into a less like ominous reasoning behind it. Do you, do you want to know the main reason why 
people associate crows with death? Why? Because they eat the dead. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well. So people, of course, whenever they see crows, automatically associate their appearance with death because they're looking for food. Um, you, you know, there there's cultures throughout history that have thought this Native American culture, uh, the Norse myth- mythology and culture. Um, for centuries, crows during times of war have been observed following soldiers onto the battlefields where they wait patiently for the battle to be over so that they can feed on the fallen, which is kind of a learned behavior type thing. They know it's coming. Why not get the free meal while they can get to it? Um, And yeah, this article talks about the different cultures, even Greek in in Greek culture, uh, crows were a negative omen, uh, often foretelling death again, same thing. I'm sure every culture that has this superstition or, or belief has seen the the crow eating the dead, see them hovering above waiting for a meal, and just automatically associate, well, I'm going to die. There's crows around. Uh, kind of like we talked about with the black cat crossing your path or the black dog crossing your path. Yeah, but you know, and well, the black dog is... In, in most cases tends to come off as being a negative uh, as a negative entity now hmm. well okay so here's the difference though a black cat in this case is a physical animal that is living breathing we literally have them as pets some of us um, a black dog is more of a spiritual entity or a hellhound like creature typically with red glowing eyes oh uh, so you're such- not saying like a, a black dog as in just a black dog. Right. No, no, the, no, no. The no. black dog. I got you. The black dog. Because, uh, I mean, I, I haven't seen anything. I haven't looked anything up, though, on black dogs specifically. Like, you know, real black dogs. We've done an ones. episode on it before. We've done an episode. Yeah. We Well, we did an episode on the black dog. But I just mean on black dogs in general. Oh, I got I you. Not, <laughs> this is getting very confusing very fast. Oh. <laughs> uh, but you know what, though, like aside, the black dog aside, uh, black cats are one of those things that in modern culture and especially in American uh, culture has always been seen as a bad omen or bad luck when crossing your path. Uh, that's something that I believed when I was a kid. And it's actually changed as I had you know, become familiar with black cats uh, over the last I don't know, six or seven years now. Uh, I had a girlfriend a while back who had a black cat and he's my best bud. You know, like I started realizing they're not so bad. They're pretty damn cool. They're probably one of the coolest cats that, you know, these black cats. But in certain cultures, uh, black cats aren't always seen as being a bad omen. Uh, now, in much folklore, yes, they do, especially when you consider, you know, around Halloween time, black cats are seen as familiars of witches, um, demonic-like entities that take the form of a black cat or even the devil himself, uh, who's also been known to take the form of a black dog. Uh, but <clears throat> in Welsh folklore, black cats are actually depicted as bringing good luck to a home and supposedly could even be a reliable weather predictor. I don't exactly know how 
a cat predicts the weather for us, for a person, but supposedly that's something in Welsh folklore. Uh, doesn't go into top, detail. It doesn't go into detail. It's yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like a lot of these things are like a lot of stuff that we, that, that I'm coming across are just very quick, single, you know, article that's maybe like a page or two long and that's it. It's just giving yeah, me just mentions. Spectrum. Yeah. But you know, Normally, you just go down the hole and go through all these different websites and do all the research. But I don't think we really need to because black cats are pretty straightforward creatures and we've known about them, you know, pretty much forever. Now, weird black cats tend to be known as being bad or uh, a bringer of misfortune is primarily in European folklore, which is probably why it's so prominent here in America for black cats to be considered a bad omen because a our descendants are primarily European. Um, so yeah, you know, that, that makes sense, but it is cool to see that more and more, especially when you're looking at, uh, social media, uh, TikToks, things like that, where people are starting to say black cats aren't bad omens and believe it or not. And I don't have the statistics here, but black cats are one of the least, um, adopted animals in the world. Because people don't want a black cat. And so they're neglected. Uh, so for those of you who are willing to change your mind on whether or not they're bad or simply don't believe they're bad, you should go adopt a black cat because there's plenty <laughs> needing homes. Um, and that's, that's kind of sad, actually. Anyway. What's that? I said that's kind of sad, actually. <laughs> it is. It's very sad. Um, color, I mean... <laughs> that's just the human race in general but right, clearly color right. is always an issue for whatever reason for some people um and you know i think the thing with because i think black cats and then another one is black dogs they don't a lot of people just don't like animals that are black they're just they believe them to be bad omens or whatever um and often i think it's because they almost have uh featureless faces I mean, mm. I don't know how many pictures of black cats or black cats, you know, but when they're looking at you from, you know, wherever you don't see their nose or their face, you just see these two big bright eyes mm-hmm. on this silhouette, right? This dark silhouette. So that kind of plays into all of that. Yeah, for sure. And that, I mean, me personally, I had a black cat growing up. We had a black dog in in the family uh the sailor family so that part yeah i don't think i've ever had an issue with that either um but we are about at that halfway point so folks we're gonna take a quick bake bake quick break and we will be right back with pair of truth radio bonjour this is fabulously delicious the french food podcast I'm Andrew Pryor, and every week I bring you the wonderful and fabulous people involved in French food, whether they're here in France like me or from around the world. Each week, we dive into a specific topic, be it a French dish, an ingredient, or a French cuisine cooking technique. My guests are all about French food, so come join me on Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. Bon app. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Paratruth Radio. As always, my name is Eric. And I'm Justin. 
So before we went to break, uh, you know, we were talking about black cats. But prior to that, you had mentioned the crows and why they're known as death omens, Mm -hmm. which is a very on the nose reason, by the way. Right. There's another bird, however, that also kind of it kind of I don't know. it, It goes both ways and they are often confused with crows. Can you imagine what bird that is? The raven? Yes, the raven. So the raven, depending again on culture, is seen as both negative and good. Uh, Now, in terms of its negative side, uh, in particular to like Northwest Coast native myths, uh, the raven was not so much known as or believed to be a god, but he was thought of being a transformer or a trickster of some sort and would often... um, would change qualities about himself and trick people and, you know, individuals for whatever reason. Uh, they were also known to believe to be uh, death bringers as well, to be an omen of death. Uh, they were <clears throat> often like looked upon as being mischievous and selfish and hungry. Uh, and so a lot of people seeing them as a bad, as bad omens. However, the raven is also, especially in modern times, starting to be seen as good because they're also believed to be uh, or represent like a doorway to the unknown, to the supernatural, the spiritual. You know, we see it very often depicted with uh, ravens in Norse mythology. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably one of the the two, or two of the most known ravens in Norse mythology is I think it's. Uh, is it Huggin, Hugin, something like that, and Moonin? I don't know if that's how you pronounce their names. Uh, but Huggin is Old Norse for thought, and Moonin or Munin is Old Norse for memory or mind. And these are the pair of ravens that uh, basically flew all over the world, which was known as Midgard, and would bring information to the god Odin. Odin also had two wolves uh, who also were... Uh, they kind of they stood with him in battle and I forget exactly everything that they did, but wolves and ravens are very prominent in Norse mythology. The raven and the wolf is also very prominent in Native American mythology. And believe it or not, the wolf and the raven are pretty much prominent in most all mythologies. Uh, mm. The two combined, especially, which is really interesting because I don't think too many would even consider the two to be you know, um, to go hand in hand, I guess. The fox and raven is one that's very prominent in Native American culture, uh, both of which I think are more or less tricksters. Um, I've, yeah. I recall seeing a, a uh, was it not a poster, but there's something online that I saw. It was a picture of a fox looking up a tree at a raven, and it was said underneath, the cunning will outwit the cunning. So these are two creatures that are very similar in their nature. Um, But yeah, you know, like just ravens are one. I see ravens more and more, you know, and they're often pretty secluded creatures, Mm. but I'm starting to see them more in groups. Uh, So I don't I don't know if there's like a raven uprising happening or something. It's kind of weird, but. You know, they're coming around and I don't know it. Like I know when I see them nowadays, I see them more as a good omen as opposed to a bad one. Whereas crows are like typically 
uh, seen as a bad omen, like you said. Well, I mean, a group of crows is called a murder. There's a reason right. for that. <laughs> 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 um, well, I, I think the other thing that really scares people is uh, ravens are highly intelligent. They have oh, yeah. the intelligence of a small child and can even uh, talk in some mm-hmm. cases because they are they're they're they parrot is the term. Um, So, I mean, I can see how that could disturb people, especially if they, you're going back in history and these people are seeing this thing talk, even though it's a bird and we're humans. I I could see why that would cause fear. Oh, for sure. Well, you know, and I think that kind of goes into the idea of why they are considered wise creatures um there's a saying that says to have a raven's knowledge and it's an irish proverb meaning to have a seer's supernatural powers Uh, so the raven is considered one of the oldest and wisest animals ever to exist uh, and is also a bird of wisdom and prophecy Uh, and that's specifically um derived from welsh uh, mythology. The raven was a totem of the Welsh god Bran the Blessed, the gi- who was the giant protector of uh, the Britain uh, and the Isles of the Mighty. So, you know, I can only imagine, like, I've never heard a raven talk in person. Like, I've seen them online. I- I've watched mm-hmm. videos of them talking. Right. But I can only imagine what it would have been like for the old world to be out doing whatever and talking and all of a sudden a bird starts talking back to them like just randomly like you would think it's a god of some sort right some some right. sort of entity like it's insane but i don't or know the man. gods trying to communicate with you like in the case of the norse gods right right um well and look at look at edgar Allan poe i mean one of the most famous stories by him slash poems by him is the raven um but (laughs) i think edgar Allan poe has some major problems because not only did he write the raven where where the raven is talking to him we just talked about how that is actually possible um but also like the story the telltale heart where he kills uh, or the character kills a guy uh, puts his heart in underneath the floorboards and uh, you know, dismembers the body and gets rid of the body, but can't get rid of the heart for some reason. So he puts it in the floorboards and they come to investigate the, the police or investigators and the heart keeps beating from underneath the, the floorboards. Mm-hmm. Um, so Edgar Allan Poe must have had a lot of fears back in the day. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, to have a twisted mind like that, <laughs> you can only imagine. <laughs> um, but that that when you brought up the Raven, of course, that's the first thing I think of is, is Edgar Allan Poe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, um, any other? topics that you had come up Uh, for today you know i don't think so uh you know this is just one of those things that i feel like during october 
um, and probably even November, the superstition just plays a really big role, especially the closest we get closer we get to Halloween. Mm. Um, so I just thought it was something that might be some interest and at least fun to discuss because we haven't really talked too deep about superstition or bad luck, good luck, all that stuff. Um, but I guess in some final words, the question is, how do we, I guess, conquer bad luck? If we're going through about a bad, a bad luck, how do we get through it? Because some people say you just stick with it until it's over. Take, once again, the mirror and the seven years bad luck. You're just kind of stuck with it, which in my understanding and research, I don't think I've ever come across anyone uh, or any articles of anyone who has broken a mirror and had seven years bad luck. And I have been known to break a couple of mirrors in my <laughs> lifetime. And maybe that's why I'm all messed up right now. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there is something to it, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't, you know, I feel like when it comes to bad luck, it, you know, we can do, <clears throat> all of the things to try to appease our minds. And I think that's the biggest thing is trying to put your mind to rest. And sometimes whatever that entails is what it entails. If you're the type of person who tosses salt over your, sh over your shoulder when you're using it, do it if it makes you feel better. If it's wearing an amulet like I do, why not? Uh, if it's taking a moment to take some deep breaths, meditate, then by all means, I think if it's helpful and beneficial for the individual, then you should continue doing that. Because ultimately, bad luck, I don't think, is a curse in, a, in and of itself. Bad luck is one of those things that just happen to be a daily, uh, you know, like a daily uh, obstruct that we have to get past. Sometimes it sticks around and sometimes it doesn't. Um, and I think also we just have to consider whether or not bad luck is truly bad luck. Is it just a misfortune? You know, it, right. life happens. Right. Oh, and I mean, look, just going into the Halloween season, there's going to be those superstitions out there about uh, razor blades in the candy, needles in the candy. Um, not to say that that didn't happen where we have to be superstitious about it or, or fearful of it, but um, obviously take the precautions, but don't be afraid to have your kids going trick-or-treating or, or make sure you're with them at all times when they're trick-or-treating. Uh, but that's something that kind of always comes to mind this time of year is, is those old quote unquote wives tales that we were told as kids. Well, I mean, they were probably wives tales when we were kids, but not so much anymore. Cause I do recall, um, you know, a couple of years ago, somebody lacing candy with, uh, what the hell was it with? It was, uh, I can't remember if it was a drug or if it was some sort of, um, poison of some sort, but they were lacing chocolate with it and then giving it out. If I and remember right, I had heard one about rat poison. That might've been that one then. Uh, so there are people out there that are just effed up oh, and do that stuff, but yeah, I'm not saying that there aren't some sickos out there that wouldn't yeah. do that but always take you're right take precautions i know when i was a kid like my parents always went through our candy first before allowing us to eat any uh i mean we take my niece trick-or-treating we know everybody that she goes to trick-or-treat with you know they're neighbors mm -hmm. uh, we don't go very far there's people that my sister uh, knows pretty well but you know always taking a quick look if there's anything open don't eat it uh 
things like lollipop wrappers, dum-dums in particular, they can easily be taken off and put back on. Just look it over. It's very hard to put them back on the way that they originally were. So if there's anything amiss, why chance it? Just toss it. Um, but yeah, you know, for the most part, I think the majority of the world that goes trick-or-treating is going to be just fine. Now, you mentioned last week that you might be going to a football game for Halloween uh, yes. or possibly, if not doing that, going to your sister's house and hanging out there. Um, are you going to be doing any dressing up this year for anything, whether it's a party or whatever? Um, Maybe. So my my sister wants to dress up uh so basically her and her two daughters i believe are going to be pigs the three little pigs oh that's pigs. right you brought that up last week yeah. that's right um and then i think the dog my brother-in-law and then my other sister maybe the houses so brick house <laughs> straw house and uh what was the other wood it's kind of evolved since last week <laughs> it did it did because there were more people because I, I brought it up and i was like hey wait a minute i, I told her I was like you had mentioned this this and this but you have another daughter <laughs> like what's she doing so that she explained re-explained it i guess because she thought about it afterwards too so <laughs> but then yeah so that's happening and then i will be the big bad wolf hopefully <laughs> I, I completely spaced that you had said that uh, you had to be going out together. Better question is, are you? Because you tend to dress up. Um, Possibly. There's uh, Deanne, who we went to her party while you were here, mm -hmm. is throwing a Halloween party. So um, I may 3D print something or, or find an old costume. I'm not sure yet, but. Okay. Um, but yeah, the, there's stuff in the works. So I, I hope that I try not to not dress up this time of the year just because it's tradition, but there have been years that I'm like, screw it. I'm going to eat candy and watch horror movies on Halloween instead. Heck yeah, man. <laughs> Heck yeah. And since Halloween, I believe is on a Monday this year. I yeah. believe it is. Yeah. Um, I'll be working during the day anyway, so I'll just want to come home and crash anyways. Uh, their Halloween party is before Halloween, but oh, okay. uh, but yeah, so it, it's it's gonna be fun. Um, I'm I'm already getting excited for the horror movies. I mean, not that Shelley and I don't watch horror movies throughout the rest of the year, anyways, but the classes classics always come out this time of year. Yeah, there's something special about watching them. In yeah. October. Yeah, it you know, and it's weird because you can watch a horror movie in August or November and watch the same one in October, and it just hits different. Well, I guess this is a good, a good episode to bring this up. Um, has there ever been any horror movies that you might have watched as a kid that you can't watch now because it it messed you up that badly when you watched it as a kid? The blob. <laughs> okay, why? 
Uh, so there's this moment in the blob where it engulfs somebody, and on the other, like he like dissolves and comes out a skeleton. Oh, um, yep. and he's like melting. It made me so physically nauseous, like sick. I had to go into my parents' bedroom, and I stayed in there for the next two hours, trying not to be sick. Oh, no. Like it messed me up. <laughs> not watched it since. <laughs> um, I don't think I I have any like that, but. Uh... Shelly had mentioned that she can't watch Nightmare on Elm Street because okay. she watched it early on in, in life as a kid and it was that it disturbed her that badly that she she has a time, hard time watching it now. That makes Which, sense to me. That guy. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Friday the third oh, I'm sorry, Nightmare on Elm Street is a messed up movie. No matter whether you watch the original or the the remake, they're both kind of really messed up. Right. You know, another one, although this other one I did have watched afterwards, but another movie that (laughs) really freaked me out was Death Becomes Her. Do you know, you remember that movie? Trying to think of it. It sounds familiar, but I can't remember the movie itself. So the scene that bothered me when I first watched it, uh, she was already dead. And she gets shot in the chest with a shotgun, and like she falls back, and she stands oh, back up, and there's a huge yeah, yeah. gaping hole, and yeah. you know, that that freaked me out too. <laughs> uh, I cannot do gore back then. Goldie Hawn. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, I can't uh, do gore. I can't do bad gore now. Like, I will not watch. I saw the first Saw movie. I will not watch another Saw movie. <laughs> And I've never seen a Purge movie. No interest. So I, I've seen a lot of the Saw movies. I think I stopped it when they made you think Saw was dead or is did die or whatever. Um, I haven't watched any after that just because the the main character was dead, but they keep bringing more out to make it seem like he's still alive. Mm-hmm. Um, I I have seen... Two of the purges. At, at both of those, though, I mean, Saw is is really messed up. The purge, there is human on human violence, but I I don't know. I don't think it's as as gruesome. It, not not the ones that I've seen, anyways. So, mm. but Saw definitely is one that is kind of messed up. Um, now. That's not to say I haven't watched movies as a kid and they didn't freak me out, but there aren't any where I can't watch it. Like the original It, that's why I'm mm. freaking scared of clowns now, but I can still watch the movie and enjoy the movie. Right. Um, but yeah, and you had mentioned a couple of things coming out for Halloween, like like the new Halloween movie is coming out soon, right? The new Halloween movie is coming out soon. Um, this week or next week, I think. Uh, of course, the Sanderson sisters are back for Hocus Pocus That's 2. Right. That's been out for a little over a week now, maybe two weeks. I haven't Was watched that yet. Was that just yet. on Disney Plus or did it come out in theaters too? It's on Disney Plus. Okay. Um, so that's something I'll be watching, I don't know, this week or next week, I think. Uh, another movie that just came out is based on a book that I read on my way back from vacation this summer. Oh, that's right. Yep. And that, that one is my best friend's uh, exorcism. So I saw the trailer. Looks actually pretty decent for for the uh, 
you know, for taking based on a book, being based on a book. Uh, you know how it is. You read a book and it's like, eh, the movie's not going to live up to it. But it looks pretty good. And, you know, the book takes place in the 80s and it's really wacky. And there's some, like, really just absurd characters. And so when you watch the trailer, you think, well, this looks stupid. It's like, yeah, well, the 80s is primarily just all stupid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that's it's just true. Everybody was high and big hair and whatever. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, it looks good. I'm good. I'm looking forward to watching that. I think my sister and I are going to try to do that this week sometime. Cool. All right. Um, I think that's pretty much all we got, folks. So um, make sure you're keeping on Paratruth Radio and and throughout the entire spooky season because we've got a lot of great stuff coming. Uh, hopefully, we will have a uh, paranormal investigation reveal. Uh, still working on getting that nailed down and um eric is going to be going to salem in a couple weeks yep. so we'll have some stuff to talk about when he gets back and then it's into november and pretty much yeah. nothing until december <laughs> for, <laughs> pretty much for paratruth so we'll, radio we'll have <laughs> to figure that one out um but yeah make sure you're tuning in to Evergreen Podcast and KillerPodcast.com. Uh, check out Paratruth.com. We've got all of our great stuff up there. Links to the merch. Uh, you can leave us a voicemail. Contact us there directly. And we're on all the social medias as well. Uh, but until next week, where you'll find us same time, same channel. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. Peace. This That's what ransomware is all about. It's psychological pressure. Ransomware, when your computer's hacked into and your data held ransom. Attacks are on the rise and Russian gangs are making billions of dollars. The moment I got that message, I knew our greatest fears that we ever have are starting to come through. The post-Cold War era is over. Dot com, the hacking. A new season from Crowd Network with me, Katie Puckrick. Just search for dot com, that's D-O-T-C-O-M, and subscribe.